0: All right, you can be seated. Here's your calisthenics for (laughs) today. Heavenly Father, please help us, Lord, I pray. Fill us with your spirit so that we can put on the belt of truth By always speaking the truth in love so that we can dispel all the lies of the devil. Fill us with your spirit so that we can put on the breastplate of righteousness. So that we can live right instead of living like the devil. Fill us with your spirit so that we can always be ready to preach the gospel of peace to souls. To save souls from the devil's kingdom. Fill us with your spirit. So that we can. Use the shield of faith that you promised will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Fill us with your spirit so we can put on the helmet of salvation. So we can save our minds from the devil's stronghold. Help us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bring every thought into obedience and captivity of Christ. And having the readiness to <laughs> revenge all un- uh, Disobedience until our obedience is fulfilled. Thank you, brother. Fill us with your spirit so that we can skillfully use the sword of the spirit the way you did when you had your day with the devil. Fill us with your spirit so that we can pray with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We pray in Jesus' name. I had a mind to open with a letter, but I left the letter on my desk. It was a letter, basically opened it by saying this, beloved or pastor, and I'll address it to you, little brother. This is a Macedonian call. Would you come over to Rochester in spirit and help us? Of course, you know who I am. My name is Chocolate Thunder. Seriously, Tony Saxton. Please come over to my Jerusalem and help me. In spirit. To a place where I pastored for 22 years and where I still live in the same community it's the Avenue D community in Rochester New York once known as the murder capital of our state per capita hasn't changed a whole lot would you come over and help us Pastor, oh, about 15, 20 years ago, we had this great evangelist come through, missionary. His name was Bobby Bonner. You know, Bobby was uh, slated to play for the Orioles, but he couldn't get past Bobby Bobby Gritch or uh, Palmer. He surrendered his life to the mission field and went to Zambia. And the Lord led him to influence 300 churches to get started. He came to visit me one day. He said, Tony Saxton, I would rather be in in the jungles of Zambia, South Africa than to be on the streets of Avenue D with you. He said, the devil's trying to wipe out all black people. I said, listen, man, he's trying to wipe out all people. He said, but not like black folks, Tony. Oh, by the way, Bobby, and if you didn't know him, he's a Caucasian brother. He's a very light-skinned brother. (laughs) And I told Bobby, I said, listen, Bobby, I would rather be on the streets of Avenue D where I've seen a guy get shot outside of my bedroom window, my bathroom window, nine times, and he lived. Three times with a forty-five, I saw the Lord bring him back to life. And I've seen other situations like that. This summer, I lost a nephew in a gun battle. Guy got jealous because he was talking to a girl he liked and he shot him in the side. My oldest, brother's, one of my oldest brother's sons. My neighbor, four houses down from me, young teenager, just graduated from high school. I just finished asking, what are you going to do when you graduate? Three weeks later, gunned down. A man shot him, chased him down, shot him in the back, caught up to him and emptied a gun on him. 18 years old, the kid that shot him was 16 years old and he had three other murders on him. I don't want to paint a totally gruesome picture, but it's a reality. And there's other stories I could tell you. And God has placed me right in the middle of all this. Let me move on. God has given me a ministry tool to help a ministry tool, a tool that's in, I call it God's gladiators ministry and it's birth from Ephesians 6:10 through 18. Because we know Christianity is not a playground. It's a battleground. And I'm calling out the Calvary. I'm sending a form letter to every Christian I know. We need your help. The, the work is great and large. This ministry tool. Let me say this before I kind of define a ministry tool. Maybe one reason why I didn't have that letter was because you guys are always you've been helping me since I started selling those t shirts. Remember that, brother? You probably outgrown that T-shirt now. You know who I'm talking to, haven't you? You. You still wear it? Well, praise the Lord. I've redesigned it, so you need another one. (laughs) But (laughs) I'll give it to you. But anyhow, because you're a soldier. The moment you get saved, if you're a Christian... You're either drafted or enlisted in God's army. The word of God says, no man that warth entangles himself in the affairs of this life, that he may please him who have chosen. Some people say, well, God, you're not not drafted, you're enlisted. Listen, the moment you get saved, whether you realize it or not, you were placed in God's army. You're a gladiator. If you're not saved, you're in the wrong army. We're gonna talk about that. You're in the devil's army. How can you help? First and foremost, prayer. And I'll get together with your pastor, explain to you what I need more in detail. Let me say this, and I'm gonna use liberty. I'm getting a little older now. And, and I actually do need this stick to help keep me balanced. My, my knees hurt. And my balance is not as good as it used to be. And besides, I like this. I like playing the part of Moses. <laughs> Some people say, well, you're 70 now, you should be considering retiring. Well, I have considered retiring. And this is what I'm retiring into. I want to minister more to the Lord in prayer and fasting. I want to minister after 45 years to that beautiful lady that you're looking at right there. Amazing woman. Kind of feisty. Sometimes I don't like it. She's more right than wrong when it comes to me. It's time I started taking better care of her. Finally getting it, brother, after 45 years, don't wait so long. She's second only to God. And if she's like my wife, she's gonna let you know. I don't mind you putting God before me, but ministry? No. I'm impressed that she's still that jealous of me. I'm giving myself to the gladiators' ministry. Or I'll still be preaching abroad as God leads, but not as much. That's what I'm in. I need I need support for that, because financially I live off of uh, what God provided through Social Security, and the preaching. God takes care of good care of me. But there's a there's a there's an amount that I, I believe that I need to make up for this part time job I had to give up, because I, I just couldn't deliver dentures anymore. <laughs> I had a story about dentures, but I won't talk about it right now. <laughs> but you want to see my teeth? No. <laughs> yeah. Have you wondered how come they're so perfect? <laughs> There's a story, but I'm not going to tell it, and I'm not going down there. And there's a certain amount from a budgetary standpoint that I'd like for churches to help us with. And I know that some churches will. And I thought about you and I said, you know what? Pastor Legault told me something a few years ago. He said, Tony, we don't give you monthly support, but every time we come, we bless you handsomely and it winds up being more than any other church gives me. Keep having me. That would be enough. I don't know how much of it. Is. Let me just say this in reference to the gladiators ministry, because I did share this with you a few years ago. God's gladiators is a Christ centered discipleship or mentoring ministry. It was founded in 1993 by evangelist Anthony Saxon when he was serving as senior pastor of Charity Bible Baptist Church from April 1992 through February 2012. Some aspects of this ministry have been and is still being used to people by people of all ages to help those who are faithful to its disciplines, be more Christ-like. Physically speaking, a gladiator is a person who is equipped with physical armor and weapons. They are then trained to fight and or defend themselves from others to to entertain their audiences. Spiritually speaking, God's gladiators are soldiers in God's spiritual army who are equipped with spiritual armor. They too are then trained to defend themselves and to fight against their spiritual enemies to the glory of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Our vision is God's vision. It is to see his gladiators, his soldiers, conform to the image of and likeness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to Romans 8, 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good for those who are called, or those who are uh, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. That he might be the firstborn above many brethren. We often talk about how God's got a plan for every every Christian's life, and he does. Well, God's ultimate plan is for you to be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. Amen. Our mission is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Our mission is to love people as Jesus does. Our mission is to serve others in love. Our mission is to tell everyone about God's love. The purpose for God's Gladiators Ministry is to teach our members biblically and by personal example how to learn and apply the spiritual disciplines that will help them to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. There's other details, and I'll give them to you, Pastor. I'll send them to you, along with the updated prayer list. Here's our logo. You remember the logo, God's gladiators. You know, folks have asked me, why don't you make a a logo that that the young people can associate themselves with better? (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. That says it all. In case you can't see it, you see the helmet of salvation. You see the the word salvation is spelled up in the the helmet, the breastplate of righteousness. You see uh, the shield of faith. You see the the shoes of uh, the gospel and the sword of the spirit. That spells it out. Amen. Regardless of how unattractive that might look, that looks very attractive to me, Amen. and to God. God told me, "No, no other logo. That's the one." Amen. All right. Why the Gladiators Ministry? A lot of the uh, the young people in the up or growing up the way I did. I didn't know it at the time, but the thing that God, God used to, 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 to bring me to salvation was the most traumatic experience I had in my life when my mother died when I was six years old. And she left eight of us behind. And no father, we had different, some of us had different fathers, but we had, none of them were around. And when my mother died, they, all of them disappeared. Didn't know at the time, but the Bible says when your mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take you up. And he did. For years, after my mother died, I started looking for the love that I missed with from my mother in all the wrong places. Running from God, didn't know that God was love. But God pursued me until one day I surrendered my heart to him. I got saved. Now it doesn't matter to me who my earthly father is. Although my older sister said, your earthly father is the family doctor. You say, why do you, think you, who you, why do you think your name is Anthony? I won't tell you any more than that. I don't care. <laughs> I know who my heavenly father is. I don't even know who my grandparents are. On either side. But I know that some people in here, my grandmother, I'm talking about the family of God. Well, maybe not grandmother, but maybe a mother, <laughs> a sister, a brother. How many of you know that the spiritual family is more significant to God than the biological? And that's not to say that God, God put us in the family. And I, I believe this, and you helped me out with this, Sister Legault. You're smarter than me, and I mean that. You are. Jesus said when disciples were looking for him one day when he was teaching. Well, Pete was listening, to, speaking to some folks and, and some folks came up to him and said, Lord, your, your mother and your brother and your sisters are here. And Jesus turned around and he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? He said, all they who do the will of God. That is my mother, my brother and my sister. We're family forever. You are stuck with me. I am your big brown baritone bass brother from another mother. And I'll be singing to you all in in heaven. And Caleb will be too. And he'll be showing me how to hold a note. (laughs) It's about family. Let's move on. Because I told my family, I'm going to keep you long. Not too long. Here's uh, some pictures I think I've shown to you before. This is Chuck. Chuck is uh, the guy I'm going to dedicate the gladiators ministry to because nobody loves those kids at the center like Chuck. Keep moving. Here's some of the kids. I think I showed you this before. This is me about six years ago. This is one of the kids I thought was going to be with us, but there's a lot of transition. Keep moving. Of course, you know who that is. With the world's greatest, whatever. Keep moving. <laughs> that's my, That's my twin brother. I told him to quit cutting up. Behave yourself, boy. OK. Oh, that's my neighbor. Isn't that a great picture? Gladiator. Keep moving. <laughs> There's Mia right there a few years ago, over there to the, to the left. Keep moving. One of the kids, he said, you got to take a picture of me dunking. Well, he didn't quite reach the rim, but it looks good, doesn't it? (laughs) Keep moving. Of course, that's me. It's the church I used to pastor there. Another picture of the church, and it's right next door to the recreation center. I started working over there as a literacy reading program manager so I can be with the kids. I had one of the people in the church said, Pastor, we're starting to think that you care more for the lost than you do than the sheep. And I said, listen, come and go help me get them. Keep moving. These are some of the kids on the block. Folks, listen, some of those guys are murderers. But I loved them just the same. Didn't love what they did. And they let me take these pictures. Keep moving. I know I look older then than I do now, don't I? I'm losing weight. I'm getting better shape. Keep moving. This is right, back up. This is right on the corner of Avenue D and Kaki, that infamous corner. Keep it moving. I won't show you, but one of those guys has got a teardrop right on his eye where he murdered somebody. Here's a playground behind the church. We had 40, 40 basketball teams there one year. And all of them, we had to always minister to them before they could play basketball. Keep moving. It was me praying over that area. Keep moving. It's me praying in front of my house, right around the corner. Keep moving. Me praying over the city. I was a little bit younger then. Keep moving. Of course, there's my brown sugar. Ain't she? Isn't she lovely? Keep moving. That's my family. It's not a real good picture. We're getting another portrait done. There's Yvonne right here, giving me strange looks because she told me to stop smiling like that because I look like Fat Albert when I. <laughs> you know what she used to do? She used to go, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but these are, these are my kids. There's Teresa right there and Jamea. There's my baby boy, Daniel. There's my oldest granddaughter. What's her name, Yvonne? Alexis, my oldest grandson, he's seven feet tall. All of these kids. And I showed you that picture for this reason. I revived that ministry. I got slowed down during COVID because of social distancing and that sort of thing. But my son came up to me a few weeks ago and he said, Dad, he's got six kids. He said, would you disciple me in the family? I'm going to tell him no started discipling him. we're teaching on, on um, salvation. About a month within the lessons, he said, dad, stop. I said, stop. What do you mean stop? He said, dad, I need to get saved. I said, boy, you're 39 years old. You got saved three decades ago. He said, dad, I'm not saved. Would you please lead me to the Lord in front of my family? And that was Confirmation. What better place to start that ministry than my own kids? Especially my grandkids. I wouldn't trade my grandkids for nobody, ex- except for Yvonne, because she helped make them. <laughs> Look at them. Oh, you can't see a good picture. It's not a good picture, but we'll get you a good one. Okay, next slide. The title of the message I want to share with you today over the next 20, 20, 20, 25 minutes at best, how to put out the spiritual armor physically. Finally, my brethren, we ought to know this by heart. Let's see if you know it by heart. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against devil. For he wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in that evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand! Mm-hmm. Therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, watching there with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Beloved, we're in a war. The Lord just reminded me of something, Caleb. Pastor, little brother. I don't know many people who understand the spiritual battle more than this church. You've been equipped for that. That's one of the reasons why I need your help, because you do understand you can teach me a whole lot. Enemy don't like us, especially those who are going to try to equip people to put the battle in array and teach folks how how to fight the right enemy. Come on, somebody. Next slide. Who needs the arm of God? All of God's gladiators, regardless of their age, the enemy targets our youth more than our older gladiators. We have all received our spiritual armor the moment we are saved. We must be taught how to put it on and keep it on or we will be defenseless against our arch enemy. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. There's a, more, a lot more I wanted to say, but I'm going to move on because I think you got the message. Teach your children. We're doing that now. Brother, you should you should see what Teresa is doing. She's got this book called the Armor of God. I recommend it to you. By Dr. Tony Evans, you know, sometimes you you, you read. I I don't even want to recommend it because I didn't talk to your pastor first. So I'm going to back off on that. But anyhow, Teresa is teaching the kids how to fight. The right enemy. In the process, she's teaching me, too. She's a smart, she's a smart woman. Who needs it? We all do. Next, next slide. What is the armor of God? I'm glad you asked. Although the, spirit, the armor is pictured as being physical, it is not. It is spiritual. The physical aspect of the armor pictures at least two great spiritual truths. It pictures the characteristics of the living word. Of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory is of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto, unto the Gentiles, believed unto in the world, received into glory. We're talking about Jesus, He is the living word. Next slide. Jesus was God manifest in the, flesh, the human flesh, and now in the glorified body, He's here. Here's how the armor of God pictures the characteristics of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 6:14a. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Jesus is truth personified. Can I get an amen? amen. Ephesians 6:14b. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5:21 says that that. He had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteous of God in him. The moment we get saved, God gives us the righteousness of Christ as a gift. And he requires us to work out what God has put in us by being obedient to the word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus is our righteousness. Keep, Keep it there for a minute. Jesus is our righteousness. Having our feet shod. I'm sorry having on the breastplate of righteousness Jesus is our righteousness having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and his name shall be called wonderful counselor the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of the prince of the prince of the prince of peace he is the source of peace he's a prince of peace he is our peace He'll give you peace It passes understanding. And the only way you get saved, is you got to make peace with him. Next slide, please. Jesus is our source and prince of peace personified. Ephesians 6, 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Looking out to the Jesus, the author and finisher of our... I can't hear you. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And the helmet of salvation... The Lord is my light and my. He is the source of my salvation. Neither is the salvation any other for there is none other name under heaven get among men whereby you must be saved. Salvation belongeth unto God. His name is Savior. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Next slide. Once again, Jesus is a living word. When you put on, put off the old man and put on the new man, you are putting on the characteristics of Christ. We're gonna come back to that. The physical armor also pictures a written word of God. The Bible, here's how. Stand therefore, having Lord's good about with truth. John 17, 70, that word is truth. I'm going to have you open the Bible, but I'm trying to spare you some time. Next slide. God's written word, the Bible, is and His living word, Jesus, are, are absolutely true, absolute truth, along with the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of Truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, for everyone that you, you that uses milk is unskillful in the word of God, a righteousness. For he is a babe, the word of righteousness. The Bible is the word of righteousness. God's written word is our source of righteousness, giving us instruction on how to live right. Ephesians 6, 15. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 1 Peter chapter 125. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Jesus said in the volume of the book, it is written of me. The Bible is all about Jesus, the gospel, the good news of who he is. I was sharing with uh, uh, your pastor today. I gave him an outline. I'm going to use it real quick, so I'm going to take it back from him. In Philippians chapter two, verse five, the word of God says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, which was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. <laughs> Wherefore God has so highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that Jesus Christ. One day every knee shall bow, things in heaven, earth, and under the earth, and every mouth shall confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see his humility in those verses. You see his humanity. You see his humiliation. Look at uh, Psalms 22 and Isaiah 53 and how he was humbled. You don't have to turn that out. I know you want to get some scripture. We're going to get to it in a minute. And you see his highest honor. God has highly, highly exalted him for what he did. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, and I'm with you. The gospel. Source of the gospel is the word of God, the written word. Turn to place. Next slide. God's written word is one of the three sources of faith. The other two are Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Do not minimize the importance of faith in considering the armor of God and take the helmet of the salvation. Listen, God's written word is the power to save our minds from satanic strongholds if we obey it. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharpening 2 your sword. God's written word is the sword of the spirit. Amen. What's the point here? Next slide. Prayer is also a vital piece of the armor of God to pray in the power of the spirit is to pray with the spirit using the word of God as he prays for us according to the will of God found in the word of God. Here's the point I'm trying to make. How do we put on the spiritual armor physically? We understand that although the word of God is pictured, the armor of God is pictured as being physical, it's not. It pictures two great spiritual truths, at least two. It pictures the characteristics of the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ, the new man. It pictures the written word of God. How do you put it on? Open your Bible, please, to Romans chapter 13. We'll let the apostle Paul, the one who wrote about the armor, and I can use a little light here. I'm done with those slides. Thank you. Please, I'm glad you turned those on, because people were yawning. I, I'm hoping it wasn't because of a, they were getting bored or they were just tired. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it was because the light was dim. <laughs> I don't know. But I want to bring you to a place here. Romans chapter, Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, first and second. Oh, there we are. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Wait a minute, let me get there too. (laughs) Romans chapter 13. Paul clearly shows us how to put on this armor. He says this, and that knowing the time, these are the last days. It's high time, it's about time to wake out of sleep. He's talking to the church. A lot of us are sleepwalking. We don't even know that there's a pastor. We don't even know that we're in a war. Some of us don't even understand what the armor is all about. We can quote it because we learned it in a We learned it in Sunday school. We learned it, you know, by memorizing scripture. But have we, do we apply it? Do we put on the armor? Young men, know what it means. Know how to put on that armor. We need you fighting. Listen, I, we, I, I need you. Man, I'm after young men. You know, I'm jealous for young men. There are the godly young men. And Uncle Sam's not the only one that wants you. God wants you. And he trumps him. Young women too, kids. Yeah, you, I saw you, I got your attention, didn't I? The moment you got saved, if you're a Christian, man, you're in God's army. I got to come down now for the kids. When I was younger, we used to sing this song. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy. Woo But I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I'm in the Lord's army. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. (laughs) I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. You're in the army now, Amen. you're a gladiator That's right. if you're saved. If you're not, you're in the wrong army. Paul talks about how to put on this armor. Are you with me in Romans chapter 13? He said, it's high time that we wake out of our sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. But Paul, you've been talking about the Lord coming back for 2,000 years. Well, it's nearer now than it was 2,000 years ago. Believe that. He goes on to say that the the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Put off the old man. put on the new man let us walk honestly walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise as in the day not in rioting and parting and drunkenness and chambering and wantonness not in strife and envy and some of you say well I'm not doing that stuff <laughs> this is just a short list we're talking about the works of the flesh man if you're not abiding in Christ You're abiding in the flesh. We all fit here. Unless you're part of the remnant. We talked about that in Sunday school. Not in chambering and wantonness and not in strife and envying. But he goes on to say this. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Let's finish with this. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Pastor, did you know I was going to go to this? Why don't you come up and help me finish this? I'm serious. You should have took that nap today. Did you take a nap? You didn't. Did you chase your wife around the kitchen? You didn't. Did the kids the kids chase her? (laughs) I'm telling you what, they gave us a workout, didn't they? My girls, they they. But anyhow, Ephesians. Where, Where where can I find Ephesians, brother? Find it. No, you got it. Yeah, good. Ephesians, turn with me Ephesians chapter three, chapter four, verse starting at verse seventeen. Pastor's gonna read the scripture for us. Listen how do you put on the spiritual armor in a physical way?
1: This I say therefore. And testify in the Lord that ye walk, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man.
0: The old man, that's the, old, the devil's old sin nature. The Bible says that, uh, if you've been saved, no you're not. Oh, Romans chapter 6, I, I know that verse, but I'm too tired to remember it. No, that's not the one. Uh, knowing that the old man is crucified, that the body of sin might that be destroyed, The old man has been crucified, but he's not destroyed yet. Jesus is going to destroy him. Mm -hmm. Amen?
1: Amen?
0: So we still have fits with him because he won't die. You got two natures in you. Keep
1: reading, brother. Now you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hang on
0: now, watch this. That old man is a characteristics of the devil. Put it off. And God, listen, God commands us to do that. You know how you put on the new man? By being obedient to the word of God. Amen. Then he goes on and gives you some
1: idea of what he's talking about here. Go ahead, brother. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man. Which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. Go ahead. Wherefore put away lying. Put away lying. Stop lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Mm. For we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Be angry but don't sin. Let not the sun go down. Be angry at wrath. sin. Go ahead. Neither give place
0: to the devil. Don't but give him- the devil Opportunity. And while I'm preaching, there's some things in my life right now I need to take care of before God gives him opportunity to judge. To, 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 God use him to judge me.
1: Let I'm him, not exempt. And neither are you. All right. Go ahead. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor. Stop for, stealing. I never stole nothing. What about that pen and that pencil and that? Keep going. I'm sorry. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to them that needeth.
0: Keep reading brother.
1: Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Watch
0: what you say. Be careful little mouth what you say. Be careful little feet where you go. Big feet too. Big mouths too. Some people say that when they see that they're always talking about cussing. No. He said no corrupt communication. Words that Instead of edify, there's some things, man, that you can say. It's like, you knew I was going to do this, sister, so I got to share it. Instead of saying the other word, you say crap. What's the difference? Just one example. Go ahead, brother.
1: i uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace. But you might the edify
0: earth. somebody to build them up, not to tear them down. I mean, that's that's what encouragement is. When you tell people and you encourage, encourage your ladies, encourage your men. Don't look, don't look at, don't look at all the negative things that they do and, and beat them up about it. You, you want them to walk around like this? Or do you want to encourage them? And he starts walking like this.
1: Isn't that right? Amen. Husband, love your wives. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. How do you grieve Him? Well, He
0: gives you a short list. Go ahead.
1: Let all bitterness. Let all bitterness. And wrath. And wrath. And
0: anger. And anger. And clamor. And clamor. And evil speaking. And all evil speaking. Be put away from you with all malice. With all malice. And be ye kind. And be ye What? Kind. And be what? Listen, do you know that kindness is one of the greatest acts of love there is? Prove it. Glad you you asked. Charity suffers long and is kind. In her mouth is the law of kindness. The world desires a a, a kind person. One of the greatest acts of love is kindness. Not bitterness. Bitterness grieves the spirit. Someone once said that bitterness is the bait of Satan.
1: He uses it. Keep reading, brother. And be kind one to another, tender hearted. Tender hearted. Not hard hearted. Forgiveness, as God. Forgiving one another.
0: Oh, my goodness. We could go on there for days. Mm -hmm. I saw a book by Stanley on forgiveness. Was it you? I saw somebody had that book.
1: Me, Pastor somebody—I don't know. Seen it,
0: but anyhow, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven. You see, folks, you put on the spiritual armor of God, the characteristics of the Lord Jesus Christ, the new man, by being obedient to the Word of God. Remember, we modified this song this morning, and I'm done. Read your Bible, pray and obey, and you'll put on the armor. Satan is defenseless against that. How do you put on the spiritual armor in a practical way obey the Word of God and casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into obedience and captivity of Christ having a readiness to revenge all disobedience until our obedience is fulfilled it always comes down to obedience, doesn't it, brother? Yep. There's no greater sacrifice to God than obedience. There's no better way to show, his, show our love to him. God said the first and great commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yep. A new commandment is love one another the way I love you. How do you put it on? You pray it huh? on, Lord, fill me with your spirit so that I can put it on the belt of truth and the blessed plate of righteousness so I can have my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith so I can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Help me, Lord, to put on the helmet of salvation by being obedient to your word and help me to skillfully use the word of God the way you did when the de- when you had your day with the devil. Help me to pray in the power of the spirit. How do you put it on? Obey. If you're lost, you're in the army, but you're in the wrong army. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I said that was a a, this is the truth. One more verse and I'm done. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Caleb, I'll let you close with that. You're an evangelist at heart, and I'll let you close. You know how to close messages better than I do. (laughs) He really does. I mean that. Um, From now on, I want you guys to know him. Know me as Chocolate Thunder, and he's White Lightning. (laughs) Or he could be, I could be Ebony, and he could be Ivory, whatever.
1: Ephesians 2. Verse number one, "'And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy." But
0: God. Listen, you're in the wrong army. If you're, you're in Satan's army, he's controlling your life even more than you realize if you're not saved. But God, keep reading,
1: brother. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and hath raised us up to together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ." For he is our peace, who hath, broken, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, So, for to, make, uh, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Hallelujah. New man. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom, also, whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit.
0: Close it off, brother. Thank you.
1: You know, the Lord has it set up so that the armor protects you and it protects the guy next to you. Amen. That shield of faith, he's talking about that fitly framed together. Some of you've heard me preach a little bit on the armor. And that shield of faith shows up and the centurion that he's picturing, they had interlocking shields. They make a dome to protect the entire group. And when one person's faith is weak, it leaves a hole for someone else to get injured as well. Thank you, brother. The armor is there to protect you, but when you become weak, the hope is that somebody else will be strong in Galatians chapter 6 and help you out and increase your faith and edify you and build you up in the most holy faith. But the sad truth is most people rely on everybody else's faith. And everybody else has the armor. Kids hope that their parents are wearing their armor and then they think they can skate by. You hope that I wear the armor in hopes that you get to skate by. But guess what? Everybody else's armor will only protect you so far. It's whether you wake up and put the armor on. Whether you decide you're going to put on Christ. You're going to be obedient to what he says. You're going to do his will instead of your will. And oftentimes Christians wonder, well, I don't understand why it's so hard and why I don't have any of these victories. And the answer normally is very simple. You didn't obey. You're not doing what you're supposed to do in that area of your life. And you find very quickly that you have a weakness. And when we're weak in our flesh, that's when we're supposed to make sure that our armor is strong there. Because that's Paul's reliance upon the Lord. When I'm weak, then am I strong because you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The armor is not about you and I being great. It's about letting him be great and choosing to fight his battle, his way, obeying and yielding ourselves to Christ instead of being the servants of sin again. And so we're going to stand tonight. Brother Andrew's going to come and we're going to sing and If you need to come, please do. Maybe you need to come and just say, Hey, Lord, I haven't been putting my armor on. Maybe you need to go, Lord, I don't even understand all of what he was talking about, about putting the armor on. Help me understand it. Give me some wisdom. Give me some understanding. Say, well, I don't know. I don't know everything in this book. I don't know how to do all that stuff. Are you doing what you know what to do? Do what you know what to do, and then the Lord can show you the next thing to do. That's how we grow. The armor is one piece at a time. He starts listing those pieces. You have them, they're all available to you, but it's up to you whether you strap them on, whether you wake up and decide, hey, today's the day I'm going to do things God's way, and let me do it His way. Let Him protect me. You know, the scary, the scary reality for the Christian life is just the same as your physical life, your spiritual life is bound up in this one statement. Safety is of the Lord. It's still Him. It's still Him. Would you trust Him? If anybody here is lost tonight, you really have no idea where Brother Tony was going tonight. You need Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're on the wrong side of a battle and ultimately you will be on the losing side of that warfare. And you will be led by Satan himself into a lake of fire and he'll be judged and he will lose. And you're following the wrong prince. Would you call on Jesus Christ tonight? Father, I do pray you would bless the invitation even now. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.